Well, welcome to the Working Tools podcast. Uh, tonight, we're short our, net, our our usual panel of hosts, but uh, I have with me tonight uh, Worshipful Master of St. John's Lodge Number 2 in New Brunswick. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast. Tonight, I'm speaking with the Worshipful Master of St. John's, John's Lodge Number 2 in New Brunswick. And uh, he is also the Grand Chaplain-elect for uh, the Grand Lodge of New Brunswick as well. And tonight, he's on our uh, podcast with a message that uh, he, he has been asked to spread from um, his junior warden, um, a worshipful brother, Cody. And uh, uh, Nathan, uh, I'll, I'll now hand this over to you so you can kind of um, paint a picture for the listeners as to um, how this came about. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me tonight. So the lessons I've learned in the last 45 days you would think I've learned over the last 20 or 30 years in masonry, but the reality is it's only been two. When I was approached by being master for my lodge in St. John, New Brunswick, I had tried to fill some officer roles with some people who I didn't know, just because it's nice to have a variety of experience. And I came across a name on my call list uh, named Morsel Brother Joseph Cody. Never seen the man, don't know who he is from Adam, but I thought, you know, he's got worse little brother, so he must have some experience behind him. When I made that first phone call, I didn't know how quickly our friendship would change and how it would evolve into what it is today. He had been away from the craft for seven years, lack of interest, not really inspired. And he came back to the craft as my junior warden because of the phone call I made. You reach out to a brother and say, can you come involved again? And he said, absolutely be my honor. I didn't realize he actually meant that. I thought he was being giving a platitude, but he meant it. And so we got installed in January, 2020. And then uh, COVID hit and we got shut down. We opened up a little bit, shut down again, et cetera. But I was able to call on him repeatedly during that those months of COVID where I was still trying to do my best to keep the brothers engaged in Lodge, engaged in Freemasonry, do the things that we're supposed to be doing, not knowing how it's supposed to be done because I was a master for one meeting before we got shut down. So I relied heavily on his experience and I relied heavily on his guidance and counsel through some tumultuous times in our Lodge. But he, he gave me knowledge and that's sort of what we do is we give people knowledge to the best of our abilities. And... In one particular occasion, he, I had a particularly difficult meeting, lodge meeting, and I said, I know I didn't handle that right, but I don't know how I could have handled it differently. And he said, well, here's what you could have done. He didn't say what you should have done. He said, here's what you could have done that would have made it a little better. And it was those kinds of insights that he gave where he wasn't telling me how to do my job. 
but it was giving me counsel and guidance on how I could do it better. So I'm going to fast forward through the last year and a half, and we'd have weekly conversations about Lodge stuff and other things. Just a good guy. And he always was so respectful. Even now he is. No matter what the conversation was, what format it was, whether it was Zoom, email, or a phone call, we didn't do the spoke signals, but we could have, I suppose. He always addressed me by my title. I am not convinced he knew my name. My first name. I'm sure he actually didn't. He always addressed me by Warsaw Master. This is a great idea. Or thanks for calling Warsaw Master. Things like that. That sort of decorum and respect he had for my office and for me uh, really changed how I viewed my role in the brothers' lives in our lodge. Unfortunately, in April of this year, he had to have massive neck surgery. And it really laid him out pretty good. Uh, but he was making recovery through physio, and then he had to go to the hospital in June of this year. And in late June, he, early July, I suppose, he received a diagnosis of advanced ALS, which uh, for those brothers who don't know, it is a brutal disease that shuts your system down almost organ by organ. And you're aware of what's going on, and there's no cure, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So, uh, in the course of that week where he was still in hospital, um, he asked me to come in to his room and he kicked his wife out of the room. He said, Worship Master, I don't know when I'm going to lose my speech and I want you to take this stuff down. I said, Okay. <laughs> I'll, you know, it's a Worship Brother's request. I can't say no. So, I wrote his request down. So here's the Coles Notes version of what he's asked me to do. Um, he asked that I visit him every day while he was being moved and in hospice, so palliative care outside of the hospital. He's asked for a Masonic funeral service, which is his privilege, obviously. He asked me to arrange that everybody toast his memory after the service with a, favorite, with a bottle of his favorite brandy. He wanted to ensure that all of the members of St. John's Lodge were in attendance outgoing and incoming Grand Lodge officers, all the members of the Shrine, and any of the other brothers that he's had experience in, in over 40 years of service to the craft. And I said, that's a long call list, but okay, I'll, we'll, we'll split it up and we'll get it done. He asked me to be in the room when he passes and offer a, a memorial prayer of the Jewish faith, even though he is uh, Protestant. But he really wants me to take over chaplaincy roles um, as quickly as possible. Um, and then he asked me to carry the urn with his ashes at the public uh, service and deliver part of the eulogy. All of which I've come to realize, no matter what other offices I hold in any of Blue Lodge, Grand Lodge, Concordant Bodies or anywhere else, this is probably the highest honor and the most difficult thing I'll ever have to do in my entire adult life. I do it. It's my obligation as a master. It's my obligation as a brother to see these wishes fulfilled. The other thing he asked me to do, and this is my purpose on this podcast tonight, is he wanted me to disseminate his final Masonic message as far and as wide as I could. And so that whole introductory commentary was to set this up for this message 
So with your permission, brother, I'm just going to read it off my screen. Um, By all means. There's no, uh, it's already been received well at uh, a couple of lodges that I feel close to that would like to hear it and I've heard it. And it's just a good message. So without further ado, uh, this message is from Marshall brother, Joseph Cody. My brothers, it has been my continuous love of the craft that has made me the man I am today. I am weary from my labors and I am at peace with the Supreme Architect. I would like to extend my warmest fraternal greetings from the Celestial Lodge above to the brethren of my lodge, Grand Lodge and Masons around the world. I have the deepest admiration and respect for all those who have adhered to the main principles of our profession, brotherly love, relief, and truth. To all the brethren of St. John's Lodge, I wish you all continued success in your journeys and paths in masonry, wherever they may take you. I have been honored to participate in our lodge as junior warden over the last two years, and I want to thank our worshipful master for getting me excited about coming back to the lodge, even if only for a short while. It is my enduring hope that all the brothers strive to do their best at not only maintaining their lodge, but making it thrive and grow so that they may endure the test of time. I wish I could have done more, but time, it appears, has caught up with me. Stay on your Masonic journeys, and you'll be successful in your endeavors. More not my passing, nor my struggles over the last few months with my disease. Remember me as I was in Lodge, and as a brother, with all of the good memories that I've cherished over the decades of service to the craft. Very fraternally, Wilshire brother, Joseph Cody. Well, that's a, a very deep message for, uh, for him to get out there. I'm, I'm, I'm um, honored to be able to uh, help you spread that message. Um, it's uh, obviously uh, touched your heart in many ways. When I, when I think about, I mean, we could spend probably hours dissecting that letter alone with its multiplicity of messages and imagery and just the fact that, pardon me, he, here's, here's what it is, is he had, when he received his diagnosis, he he was told that he had very little time left and uh, he chose to use that time to talk about masonry when of all the things that I would be thinking about when I'm, if I had to be in that circumstance, I don't think masonry would have been my number one pick of things that I wanted to discuss, but it shows uh, his level of, well, he said in his letter, his level of respect and admiration for all those who pursue the good in our craft. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to make sure that that message got sent out to all the brethren, whether you're a brand new EA or you're a 50-year member of the craft, because we all have different paths and different journeys in masonry. And his regret was he didn't take time to do more. Because he's seen the way that I've been able to grow in the very short amount of time I've been in Masonry. I was raised in 2016, and I'm already moving into Grand Lodge. And I did that at the request of others. I never sought it for myself. But he has taught me that, you know, all the experiences 
that you want to pursue, whether it be in masonry, in your personal life, or even your professional life, don't wait until it's too late to go after them. Uh, if you want to go on a cruise, see if you can make that cruise happen. If you want to go to a Michelin star restaurant, if that's on your list, go to the place and make that happen. And if you want to become part of Grand Lodge or you want to join a concordant body, don't wait until it's too late and your body can't help you get there. And I've really changed my philosophy about masonry. You know, I, I, I took on the roles in Blue Lodge because I was asked to take on those roles. I became the master because they asked me if I would do it for the following year. And I said, yes. And someone, the grandmaster elect, the incoming grandmaster at the time, asked me if I would be his grand chaplain. And I said, okay, well, I will do that too. And you should know that I, uh, you know that I'm Jewish and things will probably be a little different than what people are used to. And he said, you know, we have to, we're open to all faiths as an organization. You have to believe in a supreme architect. You have to profess this in open lodge. You have to swear an oath to it. Uh, but it's time that we show that. And he was very encouraging me. I'm, I can't I consider myself uh, blessed that he's been so supportive of all the little intricacies that I'm going to bring uh, both to Grand Lodge and to lodges across New Brunswick, hopefully. Well, I think I, I think that was very inspiring because, um, you know, I, I, actually, you know, I, I know several Masons um, that would probably have been of of similar mindset to him who who would would really like to get a message out to encourage young Masons on their journey. Um, no matter where on their journey they are, there's um, so much um, to be learned that's that's uh, really staring us right in the face when they when they talk about you know the lessons in, in Freemasonry being illustrated by symbols and veiled in allegory. I mean they they they, they couldn't put any any better. It's it's right in your face and and uh, reach out and try and uh, learn it and um engage and get active and participate and uh it sounds like he was one of those guys that um lived freemasonry uh not not just you know attended and participated well it's it's funny you talk about living masonry and uh long before this i had already decided i wasn't going to be a lodge mason and what I be, mean by that is there are Masons who go to Lodge and there are Masons during the Lodge, but then outside of Lodge, they don't think of Masonry at all. And that's their choice. You know, we have freedom of choice and that's you, you do what you can within the length of your cable toe, whether it's your family life, your personal life, professional life, whatever it is, you do what you can. But I have chosen not to be that Mason. I don't want to be that kind of Mason. <laughs> And it's funny, the incoming grandmaster, funny story, uh, he said he's going, to, he's always been a 3 a.m. Mason. And I said, well, what's a 3 a.m. Mason? Knowing the answer, but I wanted him to say it. He said, well, you know, if a Mason calls me at three in the morning, my brother calls me at three in the morning, I'm going to answer the call. I said, well, all due respect, most worshipful grandmaster, um, that's only one hour out of 24. 
I'm going to be a 24 seven Mason. So beat that with a stick. And we, <laughs> and we, we, we chuckled, we laughed because we're both the same mentality where if you called me, I mean, I'm not going to go to Kelowna BC to talk to you at three in the morning. I will talk to you over the phone. If you, if you called me yeah. up with a question or, yeah, uh, yeah. or whatever, but I mean, you know, within, within the length of our cable toes. Right. And that's something that we sort of have to get back to. And I was thinking um, about my experience with, uh, with our junior warden there, because last summer, my son had to have one of those very unpleasant sticks up the nose tests, right? And it's very unpleasant. There's nothing nice about it. And he's 12, 11 at the time. I said, if you can put up without squawking too much about this, <laughs> tomorrow morning, I'll get you a half dozen Tim's donuts. Hey, if it's bribery, it's stupid. It's not stupid if it works. Right, and right. so he had the test. And then I realized on the home, oh, crap, I can't go and get anything because everybody has to quarantine now until the test result gets back. And I believe in keeping my promises as best. Well, I keep my promises to everybody. And so I called Joe the next morning. I said, Joe, here's what happened last night. And I'm in a real bind. He said, well, why didn't you call me earlier? They'll be there in a half hour. Half an hour later, he comes to my house, brings the donuts. And I said, here's uh, six bucks for donuts. He said, no, there's no charge. You're sick and your son did well. So give him his donuts. Be happy. Excellent. And, Excellent. You know, he, he you know, when her brother calls me and asks me for help, uh, nine times out of 10, I'll do it. If it's within the length of my table, cable to provide it. Um, if it's not, I'll try to see what I can do to make it happen. But um, that's something that these messages that Joe has said, it is a Masonic message there. Those are something that we can really, as I say, you know, the message itself is important, but understand the context under which those notes were given is almost equally important because he trusted me to write down what he, what he said. These are all his words. I didn't edit. I didn't proofread. I didn't uh, suggest alternate words. These are all of his exact words. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I don't know many that could have, quite frankly. Right. You know, some pretty powerful Masons, pretty powerful public speakers. And um, if you read, if this message gets read in Lodge, uh, someone better have some Kleenex on hand because there's going to be some pretty cheery-eyed people. Um, maybe not in the EAs because they don't understand everything that's in there. Right. Certainly Master Mason's Woods, certainly anyone with more than 10, 20 years in the craft, they would certainly get those messages and it would really, it would really strike their hearts, I think, and it would also inspire them because I don't want to make a whole lodge of men all weepy-eyed and teary-eyed. That's not my function or my purpose on this in delivering this message. I want to inspire people to get back to being Masons again, especially after COVID, because I know each Grand Lodge jurisdiction did their own thing about opening and closings and this, that, and the other thing, and ours sort of alternated between going dark, well, shutting down completely, and then opening with a pile of restrictions, and then shut down again, and then open up again with some restrictions. And now it's sort of open wide open uh, for September starting up again. But I'm sure each Grand Lodge jurisdiction has had their own struggles with what's what's allowed, what's not, and what's safe and what's not, right? Because ultimately the safety of our brothers has to come first. Can't have a lodge without people in it. You can't do it. Most definitely. And, and yeah, that's a, that's a whole other episode and, and topic is going back from COVID. Um, we're, we're experiencing those conversations um, right now in our lodge and, and throughout the lodges in British Columbia as, 
the um, the rules were supposed to open up on the on the seventh, but those have uh, recently been changed. So um, there's lots of controversy there. Um, but yeah, uh, timely, very timely are the messages from your brother, and um, I, I'm glad to be part of uh, the crew that can get that message out for him uh, abroad. Uh, you know, we're on several uh, several of the podcast apps and things like that, and um, I'm hoping my, I think my readers will rather enjoy the um, the message. So I, I appreciate you making the time to um, to do that. I know it's late late hour uh, where you are compared to where we are, but. Twenty four seven Mason, my brother. Twenty four seven. Exactly right. You know, and and I and I have a, a special uh, attachment to that too because I too uh, I delayed my joining of, of Freemasonry actually, which is a surprise because uh, I was a young Demolay. Um, I joined Demolay at the age of fourteen, and and it turned my world from the wrong side of the tracks to the right side of the tracks rather quickly, and. Um, uh, most of my brothers joined Lodge right out of uh, D. Malay, but I had um, started a family and I was, um, I was, I didn't want to be one of those joiners who uh, joins and, and, uh, you know, I'll get a 40 year pin before I sit in Lodge 40 times. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't want to be that guy. Right. And so I waited and, and my girls were actually, in, I had, my kids were uh, in, involved in Job's daughters before I got to uh, joining Lodge in 1999 and um i'm really glad that i made that decision because uh, i believe wholeheartedly in the messages that we uh deliver and and you you can only really be there to learn the lessons if you're participating and and you're active and um and that's how most of them are learned so um I can I have a real appreciation for what you guys said tonight and and um it, it touches my heart in many ways. So well um what I can do for you is I'll send you a text copy of the script. So if your listeners want a text copy to read in their own lodges, uh they can request it from you. Um obviously I have permission to share that message and it's encouraged. So uh, Yeah, you bet we we can put a download and a link and put it on our Facebook and our YouTube page too. Um, so that, that's going to be exciting. And um, it was interesting because uh, one of the other things I did for our junior warden is I organized a morning fellowship session for him at hospice. Uh, at the time, they were still very restrictive on numbers. So I called the brothers up. I said, here's what we're going to do is we're going to line up outside. Uh, we're going to set the tables sort of at a in a uh, rectangular shape, have uh, five guys on each side uh, sitting at the tables, whatever. And when he gets wheeled around, uh, I'm going to wrap a rock on the table three times and everybody stands up and we'll give the sign of fidelity to him as he came in. Mm. And we, we did that and we shared some stories, shared some laughs. And I went up to his room afterwards and he was so touched by that. He said it was the most honorable thing that, has ever happened to him in masonry i said oh, wow I, I didn't think it was i i mean it was good it wasn't the project i originally envisioned but it worked it worked out fairly well actually we had the incoming grandmaster come in for that as well which was really nice a nice touch and 
it was just I wanted to do something for him while he still could speak uh, somewhat clearly and enjoy the fellowship of the brethren while he still could do it outside. And uh, we pulled it off and he still talks about it. And this is three weeks later as one of being one of the highlights of his uh, Masonic life. So, you know, we put awesome. in, you, the other thing we talk about a little bit is you put in, you get out of it, what you put into it. Right. And, you know, I don't, you know, when my time comes, I'm hoping I don't have to have this particular problem. And I'm hoping the brothers will uh, afford me the courtesy of a Masonic service and all that stuff. But I, I look back on this whole experience that has transformed me uh, as a person and as a Mason, because as I indicated in the intro, uh, there's no book on this yet. It's, I've asked around to some Masons who've been around for a very long time, and all of them are very supportive of me. None of them have ever had to do what's been asked of me to do, either as a master or as a Mason. And so the way Joe is going to keep giving to our craft, even after he passes, is I'm writing this up. This whole experience is going to be written up. It's going to be an appendix in our, uh, in our working tools books. Uh, so that if another master has to um, work with the circumstance, at least it won't be blind. You know, there'll be reference. Will it be the exact same? No. But these are the things and these are the experiences and these are the feelings that I've had. One of the things I would encourage brothers who are in situations similar is if you find yourself changing through this process and you will change, there is no doubt about that in my mind. If you find yourself changing, make sure you call on your brothers to help you get through it. That is what they're there for. I remember at one particular night, I was feeling incredibly um, down about the whole experience. And I called, uh, I called our deputy grandmaster incoming. And I said, listen, I just need to vent and rant and cry a little bit. And he said, go to it. And so I did. And I felt better. So all of life's challenges are your own challenges, but you don't have to go through them alone and you shouldn't go through them alone, especially in a fraternity such as ours. You should be able to call yourself or call one of your brothers in your lodge and say, I need help. That is literally the call for help. And people will answer if you, if you put it out there, people answer the call. True brothers will true brothers will. And, and you know, it's, it's, uh, that's one of the uh, amazing things about our, our fraternity. And I've experienced that many times over. So, um, you know, I, I, I look forward to having you uh, back on another episode where maybe we can hear more about your personal journey uh, from start to uh, maybe to the, uh, once you become a past master and, <laughs> um, and, and as a past master, I'll tell you, your life is is changing now as a as a worshipful master and every man i've met that's gone to the uh sit in the east has uh become a become uh, uh an improved version of their self uh, upon their their exit so i really look forward to hearing about your journey all the way through uh, uh to the uh past master's chair and uh, um, maybe we can get you back on here to do that with us another night. Um, but for now, that's the uh, 
our recording uh, time is is just about up. So I'd like to call that a wrap on this topic. And um, and uh, hopefully you can join us again. Thank you very much for having me. It's It's been a privilege and honor. And thank you for allowing me to share this message. I really appreciate it.